Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 hello. Kaelin Patterson of the O'Kellen Clan. People be muscle. Yeah. <laughs> And this program is sponsored by Pay Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the entire world. And we do cover it. Yes, we do. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a solid foundation to stand on and a vehicle to drive your goals like a Mack truck through ice cream, check us out at PeopleBeMuscle.com. And now let's chit-chat with the banter. I am Kalen Patterson. Des will be joining us soon, but we have our own apple pie and plenty of slices to pass around today, <laughs> tonight, this evening. I am talking about P4P's own Chad. I'm not even going to butcher his name because I, I just kill it every time I say it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Dad, how you doing, buddy? Good, man, good. Yeah, that's uh, Chad Adovich, and uh, today we're going to kind of talk to you about um, the kind of the key, like I'm always happy to hear from Kalen and Desiree uh, when they invite me over to the show. Um, it's always good to get good information out there um, coming from uh, a foundation of like education and science and getting good info out there because uh, as everyone knows, the, the media is filled with a lot of the, the stuff people want to hear, but that doesn't actually work, so. It's always good yeah. uh, when I get the opportunity to, when you guys reach out to talk about it and stuff like that. It's always fun. So looking forward to being on the show again. Yeah, and, you know, this is the time of year where gimmicks seem to work best, sadly. And it usually <laughs> yep. costs the people those summer bodies or beach bodies that they're looking to have by the time, you know, late spring and summer hits. So, you know, this, this couldn't have been timed better, especially since I've seen um, a rise in the gimmick of uh, certain diets, certain fads, and the risks that people are willing to do uh, to get a look. I mean, like, for me, I guess because, you know, my dad being a cop and my mom being a nurse, I've always been raised around common sense uh, where, you know, <laughs> they get hold of the gimmicks first and you get to see the harmful effects of, you know, the severe um attempts at them, you know, because people, it, it, the, the mind is a powerful thing, and it's incredibly strong when it's uh, focused and determined. Sometimes that's for the good, and many times it's for the bad. And uh, sadly, you know, Chad, I'm sure you get to see and hear much more than Des and I do when it comes to the nutritional aspect as well as uh, the deficiencies that happen while somebody's exercising on these poor regimes of uh, health and fitness. Um we're going to tackle that tonight, but I want people to actually hear your background before the people that don't know you and understand why, you you know, this is such a concern for you and why you're so passionate about speaking out against it. Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, this is uh, purely coming from a foundation to help people because um, I don't take on a whole bunch of clients uh, for, 
um, training anymore, you know, things like that. Um, my background is coming from the education side, strength and conditioning and sports nutrition. Went to school for that. Um, I've got my CSCS, all that kind of stuff too. So all the kind of like the gold standards of where you want to be for uh, being at the top of your game when it comes to the field. So that's kind of like the educational background. Uh, as far as experience goes, been through the gamut, kind of did everything, um, looking for the best fit for what I wanted to do and kind of build myself up in the industry. Um, started out, you know, young in college, personal training. And then from there, I became a strength and conditioning coach. Um, from there, I was a director for a strength conditioning center. Um, then after that, uh, got into uh, coaching uh, more for bodybuilders and stuff outside of like the standard athletes, which you get in uh, strength and conditioning. So with strength and conditioning, you get all the, I mean, sports at like universities and pro teams. So looking at like, you know, football, hockey, baseball, those kind of sports you're hitting a lot um, within the universities and pro teams and working with those athletes developing, but definitely a lot of youth athletes too. So uh, from there, when I was doing that, I was also working with general population as well, uh, where this kind of focus is going to shift for in the talk because general population is what gets targeted a lot in the industry uh, mm-hmm. with uh, the gimmicks and uh, the f- uh, quick fixes. So um, and now what I do is I actually, my main job, is I'm actually the director of training and development for an anytime fitness uh, ownership group. So we got about 16 clubs now and we operate those. And my job is to uh, take care of the training side, uh, hire trainers, develop trainers and make them better. So my main job right now is I do coach for like, you know, like bodybuilding and stuff. But my main job right now is to educate trainers, get them better. And because uh, we know if the product on the floor gets better, everyone wins. The customer wins and everybody does. So that's kind of my, my focus right now is I do webinars and stuff and just, just try to make everyone better, which I'm really happy with. That's where um, I do want to be is what I built myself up to be is just to help trainers get better from the people that are starting out where I once was, you know. So we all need those uh, leaders in our lives to help us develop and grow and become better in our profession. So I'm happy to be able to do that for a lot of people. So, yeah, this uh, this talk came up. Heck, it was, that does hit me up way back in August, actually, and uh, schedule was insane back then. So we could finally get it in here in January where we can finally <laughs> talk about it. So you're right, the time it couldn't be better because uh, we're going to kind of focus on New Year's kind of stuff and uh, uh, the things that our people are hearing and uh, the directions we should go. So the talk will be good for trainers too, uh, for sure. And oh, yeah. Uh, because there's, there's things that uh, – we can kind of talk about on the call here if people got questions, you know, directions to go for general population because general population people uh, working with them is going to be a lot different than working with an athlete. You know, there's a lot of different mindsets, a lot of different struggles that come up uh, comparing the two. So um, seeing both sides of it, of the coin, then with athletes, then with general population, they all have their own ups and downs. Uh, so it's good to kind of tackle both sides, but this one uh, definitely Gen pop get targeted a lot. That's where a lot of money's made in the market with uh, the gimmicks and stuff yeah. like that and like zero results. So um, we can kind of yeah. cover like, you know, what's best practice here, you know? Well, before we get into the, uh, the the grand scheme of it, uh, we got a, a question from Delisa, and I think it's a good way to start out the uh, the show in, in general. And she's asking if, if these gimmicks are so fraudulent and so way off course, how do they take root, and how does it grow when so many people seem to know that there's no value to it? It's a great question, and the 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 problem is is that people don't know. 
<laughs> you know, um, so it's uh, the the field we're in is you know health and fitness, and it's a science, right? So um, there's yeah. a lot of like education that needs to go in the back end of things to know what's actually happening in the body. Um, if you want to think of your body, it's more complex than a car, even. So cars got a lot of parts, right? So a lot of times yeah. people think that you know, hey, I can change my oil. That really doesn't make you a mechanic. But in the fitness industry, people <laughs> tend to think that if they work out, it makes them like an exercise physiologist, you know. So it just doesn't work that way. And the, the thing is, is that um, people that target um, these like gimmicks and things like that, they know that people don't know. And uh, it's an easy way to make money because people are hopeful. So they really pry on people's hope. And uh, that's how they get in. And people are just Good looking point. for answers. And yeah, and when people are looking for answers, you know, unfortunately they want the easy answer. You know, they they want to hear, okay, this is the fix. This is what I need to make me healthy and get where I want to be for these goals. Uh, but the reality is, it's going to come down to consistency and uh, working hard. You know, just like anything. So the the gimmicks come in play because people do hope that it's going to work. So even if they they have some sort of feeling that it's like gimmicky they still want to try it because it's easy, right? It's easy to hand over money, take a pill, and then hope for the best. So that's why people do it. And it's a market where almost anybody can claim to be a professional, right? So that's the other side yeah. of the point is with social media now, there's no check and balances. Literally anybody could go on there and claim to be somebody. They don't really have to prove it like you would in the real world, you know? So that's another thing where, they can just go out there, uh, sell whatever they want, and people are going to buy it if they look good, you know. So, so that's a great question to start with because it does kind of set the foundation of where we're at. <laughs> so yes, we can kind of dive in what works best and stuff. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, the one thing that uh, well, I was introduced to the the craziness and zaniness of uh, this stuff is I don't know if you remember modeling a bottle and. Uh, that stuff was frightening because when I heard about it, I was thinking, well, basically it's diarrhea for your body. And the best way to, to, to flush the system as fast as possible, where even if you're eating, it's still running it straight out of you. And I was just frightened by that. But this lady was trying to get ready for a wedding, and she wanted 14 pounds off, and it worked. And, I mean, when she gave her testimonial, she left that. She omitted the part about the diarrhea, but she bragged about everything else. And before you knew it, sure. that stuff was flying off the shelves. And I was thinking, well, you know, who did the research and, and why would this lady leave that part out? And it was just frightening to see how many people were having those, uh, well, I'd say, quote, unquote, side effects. And it, it really hurt because these were people that I knew, I cared about, and just to watch them go through such extremes for, you know, whatever, the prom, the the high school reunion. I mean, there's a list, a whole list of people that have to hurry up and lose weight in a, in a short amount of time. But, the mm -hmm. you know, the actual understanding is that your body is not built that way. So, you know, word of mouth is, is, is one way that can happen, like like Dad was saying, where, where you know, you, the, the, the lack of knowledge and the ignorance is basically propelling a bad myth or mythos where people can actually say, I think, you know, this does work because I'm looking at the results other than, you know, what was done to make that happen. So, you know, sure. in, in coaches, I know you've been speaking up about this, and uh, we'll get into about the coaches going but I want to make sure Dez is on, and we're not uh, leaving her or omitting her out. Dez, can you hear it? 
Yeah, bye, Mom. Thank you. There we go. Jump right in, girlfriend. I don't know. I mean, I am in totally in agreement with everything that you've been saying, and I think Chad hit the nail on the head when he said easy. That's what people want is easy, and they're just not going to get easy. But when you see it advertised that you can have a beach body in weeks if you just eat a – diuretic in the shape of a gummy, who wouldn't want to do that? (laughs) Who wouldn't want to try it? But the thing that folks need to remember is if this stuff actually worked, would you be able to buy it for $19.99 or $29.99? And why why is there something new every single year? Because none of it ever works long-term if it works short-term at all. But right. We don't. We don't uh, like to think about those things. We just want to think about. Well, here it is. I I need to get skinny for something, so I'm going to try it. Yep, and that's a great segue to what I was going to mention uh, next. Is what Des said was about uh, the long term. Think about long term because um, when you're doing those things, you may see instant results because you're doing extreme things or taking extreme stuff, and you might see instant results. And when they see that, they think it's like it's working, you know, but they're not thinking long term. Okay, how is this affecting my body and how am I going to maintain this, which is key. So when people are looking to set these, you know, New Year's goals, they should really think about uh, lifestyle. What is something I can actually maintain and do that's going to keep this weight off, not just for a couple days, you know, or a couple weeks. We got to think about long term. How do I stay successful and just make it part of my life? That's what you got to think about. So a lot of people out there are hopeful, but they're just looking at the wrong places. Um, and I highly recommend people like you're honestly your best investment you could ever make in your life is instead of going for that twenty nine ninety nine thing that you know Des was talking about. Um, it's a it seems less expensive, an easy way to go. But honestly, you're gonna be uh, really unfortunate results when it comes to that because you got to think long-term. Yeah. So your best investment you could ever make is honestly looking for a real professional and hire them um, and get them going and get you going in the right direction. There's a lot of qualified yep. people out there. And if you guys think about it, your investment with that, maybe it's like 150 a month. You know, there's different ways you can go about it with a professional, but honestly that is going to be less expensive than any kind of medical bill or any long-term negative yes. uh, effects it has on your yes, body. Yes, so, for sure. So, yeah, so because, just think about that guys, before you guys dive in. You're going you're gonna to spend the money. You're either going to spend it up front in prevention or you're going to spend it on prescriptions when you're sick or you're going to spend it on medical bills. But you're going to spend it. It's just a matter yep. of how you want to spend your dollars. Yeah, and you'll learn a lot in the process, too. You'll learn uh, from your coach if they're, you know, qualified. Uh, they're, you're going to learn the right ways to go about things and how to keep it off and stay healthy. So when you're 70, you can still lift and move and do things you want to do compared to not being able to, and you're still paying a higher bill afterwards, you know. So those are things to think about and really think about. Let's do it right this year. Invest in a good professional and instead of that pill that, you know, isn't going to work, but you're hoping it does, you know. All right, Chad, so you gave us tip number one, invest in a good professional, but what else do we need to be what else do yeah, we need for- to be looking at to win in twenty nineteen? Because obviously being motivated and wanting to do something, having the desire to do something is not enough. It's just not gonna right. get us there. So what tools do yeah. we need to move us ahead? 
Sure. Well, um, well, I'm glad you bring up motivation, right? Because a lot of people get motivated, uh, but we know it doesn't last. You know, it's a, it's a short-term thing. So you got to think about mm-hmm. what are you going to do when you're not motivated? You know, how are you going to keep this yep. goal when you're struggling a little bit? And, hell, we go through it. Like, we're, yep. we're weird, right? right? We love working out. We actually take it to the extreme, <laughs> like, go on stage, and we get on the unhealthy level in another way, right? But but uh, if you think about it, we even have times where it's like, man, I do not want to go lift today. But, you know, we do it because we know the end result, you know. So everyone struggles with it, with the motivation thing. It's, not, it's one of those things that it's there for a little bit and it's gone. So you got to think about, okay, long term, what can I really do? And one of the biggest mistakes people make is they don't think about adherence and consistency. They, they dive in way too hard too soon. So they go from zero miles an hour to 100. And that's one of the biggest mistakes people make is they go from doing nothing to doing everything they can in a short period of time. And that's going to lead to instant burnout, possible risk of injury and other things too. So you got to think about long-term, how am I going to stay successful and do this on a consistent basis is key. So people starting out, you shouldn't go from uh, like the couch, the CrossFit, you know, like you got to take baby steps and work your way up. So usually for general population, when they're starting at ground zero, I would say maybe start out at three days a week uh, with a day of recovery in between because guess what? You're going to be sore as hell after your first couple of days, right? Like even if we like travel schedules get crazy and the people that are more advanced, like the stuff we do, if we take a week off or something, we're still more sore the next time we come back too, right? And we know that sucks. So you got to do something that's going to maintain and keep you going. So I think – Rule number one is what's going to work for you that keeps you consistent and coming back in and don't overkill it. You know, be realistic about it. Do some, think about what you can do for an entire year, not for an entire month. So that would be probably your first step. Well, that actually works. Uh, just an example of what Chad's talking about. I had uh, visited my brother in Washington, D.C., and when he saw me working out, he was, like, really embarrassed because I was around his peers, and he didn't like it. And so he asked me to lift lighter and take more breaks in between. And because he was my older brother and I loved him, I said, well, you know, what can it hurt? The dumbest thing I could have asked is, yeah, I paid for it. And that was for two (laughs) weeks where, you know, I was lifting lighter and lifting slower and taking a break in between longer, you know, because he was the gym jock and he'd have his conversations with his buddies. And it would be maybe two, three minutes in between. And it was killing me. I mean, it was just slow death. But when I came back and, you know, I got back in my old routine, the next day and the day after, it felt like somebody had basically put cement in my body, and I could barely move. Sure. You know, this is something I'm doing all the time, and suddenly now it hurts like nobody's business. And, you know, like you said, it's hard to do. So if if, if I'm feeling that as as an experienced lifter, I can only imagine how demotivating it can be where you feel like one one million dollars your first day, and then the next couple of days, it's like somebody's been shooting you every time you take a step. So you yeah, know, when, you when you're like you got hit by a truck, it, yeah, exactly, like a Mack truck through ice cream. Just <laughs> as a reference, anyway. I tell anyway. you what, I tell you I what. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so all of that is true, and I know some of our listeners are like, dang it, if that, I can't, what? <laughs> I'm going to be in all this pain, and we're going to get to that. But my question for you is, okay, so we're talking general population. We know that food is just as important as exercise. But if I'm sitting here, 
I'm at ground zero. I am couch potato eating. All I'm eating are processed foods. If I realistically can only start with one thing, food or exercise, what do you recommend? What, Ooh, that's a great question. What, what would be the baby steps to just really get me going into a lifestyle I can maintain, and how do I layer on? Sure. There that's an awesome question because that's a lot of what people think, and they, they go to one extreme or the other, and it, it, they kind of go hand in hand. But if you had to choose one, I would say exercise, and definitely based on the research, what we're seeing is exercise is going to, should be your number one choice first, and then you can dial in nutrition as you go. Uh, because here's mm-hmm. why. What, we're, what we see in the research is that you can achieve a ton of health benefits faster and more efficiently from exercise compared to just fixing nutrition. So what I mean by that is if you want to get healthy and all you do is focus on nutrition and not exercise, um, your health markers won't improve as much as if you actually did the, the training side and exercise. So the vast majority of health improvements we see in people that are general population and improving their health markers, it's actually coming from the exercise. Uh, what we see on the nutrition side is, is that it, it, that accumulates to about 5% of the equation, if you want to think about it, totality. And, and we're just talking about improving health markers here. Because obviously, if you're over-consuming on food and stuff like that, it's going to be really hard for you to lose weight, right? But if you're looking mm-hmm. at just health markers, uh, we see the most improvement from exercise. So that would be your first step, is get your body moving uh, in an appropriate way, obviously, uh, that is good for your goals and something you can consistently do. And then while you're doing that, start fixing your nutrition. And you got to get to a point where you're uh, eating to benefit what you're trying to do. So what is your goal? Are you trying to add lean mass? Are you looking to lose body fat? Because your intake needs to correlate to what you're trying to do there as well. So, um, but as far as health markers go and you want to get healthy, exercise is going to be number one. Uh, Because what we see is most of the the improvements we see in health is improving your body composition overall too, right? So uh, when we Mm -hmm. lower our body fat levels and get to a healthier level, uh, for healthy body fat levels, we're seeing improvement markers because of the exercise, not so much the nutrition side. So, and we're talking internally here. I mean, heck, there's guys that are superior athletes that are technically kind of overweight when it comes to body fat. But if you look at the interior side and look at their health markers alone, they're actually in phenomenal shape internally. Uh, they just might have a little extra on the outside. <laughs> so, so like some of the linemen <laughs> you see that are pro- co- college and professional athletes, if you look at their health markers, they might not look too healthy, but internally they look, they're, they're awesome. Their health markers are great. Their blood works great. And it's because of how much exercise they do. So, yeah, their nutrition's probably a little off. And that's uh, the funny thing is when you work with athletes like that, it's two different worlds when you look at like a bodybuilding world compared to the sports world. Uh, and I've, I work in both sides and it's funny because the sport athletes are so much more precise and, and scientific with their training because they're working with a pro- professional strength and conditioning coach, but their nutrition still always needs work, right? They're, they're kind of always, you know, they're going out drinking all the time and like they're doing stuff like that. Um, we're on the bodybuilding side. They're so precise with their nutrition. They're super dialed in. Uh, but on the training side, they're just a lot of times they're kind of doing just doing whatever. It's not as scientific, you know. So it's funny how the two worlds are different and they kind of collide in a way. Um, I actually wrote an article on that uh, a couple, a few months ago um, in the yeah. NGA magazine. 
wrote an article on on that how uh, bodybuilder can bodybuilders can take a next step in their development by just focusing on getting more precise with their training because that's usually off. But anyways, going off tangent there. But those are the things you would kind of uh, work on is definitely exercise is number one. So. Well, speaking of thank you. One of the hardest things that I've had to talk about, and this is with clients that I've had for months now, and that's proper form. And and, and it, it's a real oh, battle sure. because, you, there's, like you said, with so many uh, first-year uh, trainer professionals, and I'll put that in quotes because I remember that meeting you shared, is that they're saying, you know, well, you know, by any means necessary, and I'm saying there's only one way necessary. Only one way it can happen correctly, and that's with proper form. I mean, because I've seen people that have basically been bragging about being in the business for 14, 20 years, and finally their improper form caught up to them to where they're having some major rehabilitation or major surgery or, or repairs. And I'm thinking, you know, this is only because you negated the fact of proper form, and you're teaching that. And that, that's kind of scary in itself, but then to promote mm-hmm the form, you know, go ahead and go for this personal record, go for this uh, new thing you're doing and try something extreme when you basically don't have the proper form to do basic bench or squat. So now when when, when you're a professional speaking in that fashion, how do you break that that ideology where you can get through the person that's looking for the the quick scheme or the short-term nothing that's going to cost them everything? Could you speak on that, please? Yeah, uh, you guys are bringing up phenomenal points because that is something to consider when they're watching, they're getting motivated, right? They're watching these guys work out and they're putting a ton of weight on the squats and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they're they're going to get in the mindset of like, okay, that's what I need to do. You know, if they're trying to do this on their own, right? So mm-hmm. um, going in, most people, like you said, don't even know how to squat properly because it's actually a pretty complex move, you know, like hell, even working with collegiate athletes and stuff, you're still breaking that stuff down based on mobility issues that come up and things change over time, right? So it's one of those things that's super complex, but everybody wants to go and do, especially when it gained popularity. So um, one thing that CrossFit did do for the world is that it gained more uh, popularity for those movements, those compound movements and power movements, which are all great movements. Problem is, is now you got a lot of people coming in that don't know what they're doing and they're just diving in head first. And that's where you have high risk of injury. And when you're injured, you can't train. And when you can't train, you're not hitting your goals. So um, even on like the athlete side, um, the worst thing you could do is injure an athlete uh, because guess what? They're not doing any good on the bench and they're not going to be making any money if all they do is sit on the bench, right? So, so they're not going to mm-hmm. hit that paycheck. So you got to think at both ends. Athletes suffer from that if they don't do it correctly, and so with general population. So if you're going into this, uh, do it correctly, kind of what Kalen was saying there, you know, start low, and what I mean by that is don't go to load instantly. And what I mean by load is using a weight, okay? People forget that mm-hmm. your body weight is actually a load, Okay. So like when you, if you weigh 300 pounds and you're sitting up and down from a chair, you're probably going to get tired after about 12 or 15 reps if you're out of shape because you're lifting a ton of weight. You are squatting. So you got to, you got to remember body weight is a load. If you can't do a body weight push up, you know, you got to, you have to incline that so you can do it correctly instead of going right to the bench. You know what I mean? So 
uh, work on foundational movements first is I think what you're getting at, Kalen, and not applying so much load instantly from what you see. And honestly, like trying to go and do a hang clean because you saw it on someone on CrossFit doing it, that's a complex movement. Like if you can't squat properly or do anything else properly, you have no business doing a hang clean, you know. So um, going from foundation to higher load as you go would be your best approach. So what I mean by that is start body weight, get the movement mechanics down so you don't injure yourself, and then you can start applying the load. So, And there's even points where you can't even do body weight. And what you have to do is you have to provide assistance. Um, so, like, for example, let's go into squat since you use that. Uh, if you can't do a bodyweight squat properly, well, you're going to need assistance, so maybe try doing a TRX squat until you get stronger and then go to bodyweight squat and then add loads. So then maybe do a goblet squat. And then maybe after goblet squat, you maybe do a back squat after that because you're getting more advanced, you know. And then maybe after that, you go unilateral training, which is like single leg training. So maybe you start doing assisted single leg squat. And then from there, you progress to a bodyweight squat, and then you load it. You know, just work in progression. And if you work with a professional, you're going to go the right path and not injure yourself is the, the key there. So did I answer All your right, question correctly, Kaylin? <laughs> is that where you're getting at? Yes, sir. Awesome. Cool. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move us in a little bit different direction here because um, there's just so much to weight loss. It, it, there really is no magic pill, guys, because it, it can be the simplest thing in the world if you follow the right formula, but it's very complex in, in and of itself. So I get questions from time to time from folks, and I got one actually just yesterday from a gal, and, and uh, she was rattling off how – I shouldn't say rattling off. She was explaining to me how she had lost 10 pounds the year before, but now she feels like she's lost all the 10 – she's gained all the 10 back. And she's going through menopause, and she notices that, um, you know, if she eats sugar or she doesn't walk, because walking is her exercise of choice right now, that she gains weight, and could that be accurate? Because she's weighing herself on a weekly basis. And I was explaining to her that, you know, it, it, in the simplest terms, it comes down to energy in, energy out, or burned. And if you're not consistent and you take in more energy than what you use, then, yes, you're going to gain weight. But can you talk to us about creating a caloric deficit or how that works? Because sure. simply just sure. not eating is not the right way to go about that <laughs> and just, you know, you know, and, and sometimes you can eat more of certain foods and you don't gain weight, but you eat others and you're gaining weight. So talk to us about that. Yeah, no, that's another great starting point to talk about for people because one of the issues we do see is people are so focused on weight, right? So um, usually when we're educating people about uh, going in the right direction, um, we use things instead of weight because weight is deceiving. Uh, you have natural fluctuations in weight all the time. I mean, hell, women, when they're on their monthly cycle, they can fluctuate up to three pounds in a day, right? So if you're constantly using weight as your primary source of data, you're going to want to average it out. Uh, because if you go day to day, you're going to get frustrated. Because uh, mm -hmm. you could be, you know, one day, if, especially if you just weigh yourself once a week, that's some drastic differences you could see randomly. So you could be doing great, but one day your, your uh, weight shoots up because of maybe some water retention or something, and you might think you're failing, but in reality you're doing great, right? So you need to know what's going on uh, with the body. And what you should really look at is your body fat percent and weight combined. 
because that body fat percent is really going to tell you what's happening with the body because people forget you have lean mass. And when you're training and working hard and if you're eating enough protein, sufficient protein and eating enough, you're going to be adding lean tissue at the same time. So if you're adding lean mass and lowering, you might even out, especially when you exercise, your cells retain more water, right? They're repairing, things like that. So once again, that's extra weight in the body that you're not really thinking about because all weight isn't bad, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, hell, we see composition changes all the time where people start out at 130, look really out of shape, and then they have this, you know, change in body composition, and they look super in shape, and they're almost the same weight, you know? So if we continue to use weight as our primary source, you're going to get frustrated real quick, and uh, you're going to quit real quick. So really look at appropriate data. Now, if you can't get your body fat percent, uh, like most people can if they're not working with someone, uh, use the scale, but I would average it out. So maybe you would weigh yourself every day and then divide it by seven if you do it every day, and that would give your average uh, loss. And then you just compare your weeks. That's going to give you a better picture of what's actually happening with your body compared to just your random one-day checking kind of thing, you know. So that would be a more accurate way of assessing weight as a, as a tool. Uh, but it's always good to find out what your body fat percentage is, what you're doing, because technically that's what people are trying to lose. So we're not technically really trying to lose weight. We're trying to lose bad weight, and that's usually coming from the body fat percent. So that would be the first step is make sure you're measuring something that is going to make sense and not be deceiving. Uh, But, yeah, then from there, uh, looking at nutrition, uh, Des is absolutely right. Now there's complexities that that happen with nutrition as you get more advanced, but we got to remember people are starting from ground zero. There's a lot of people that – don't even know, you know, the difference between carbs and fats and what's, what's good and bad, you know? So um, when it comes to that stuff, Des is absolutely right. It comes down to what's your energy balance. Are you uh, lower for energy? So are you below what you need to, so you got to lose weight. If you need to do that, you need to make sure you're not intaking more than what you're burning, like Des explained. So that's the main like foundation to it. And we got to start simple. One of the biggest mistakes trainers can make or coaches or even people trying uh-huh. to do it on themselves is yeah, uh, going, uh, yeah, going too in-depth too soon, okay? So what I mean by that is um, sometimes if they get, like, an online coach that, you know, really isn't doesn't have a lot of foundation with what's happening is they might give them macros right away to, to shoot for. Well, guess what? Nancy, who you're trying to work with, probably doesn't even know the difference between carbs and fats and how to read a label, you know? Like, so you got to start at the right. beginning. Start teaching them proper nutrition, learn how to read a label, give them some ideas on how to, like, do some uh, portion control that's easier because no one wants to weigh stuff, especially when they're new to this. That is stressful as hell. So if you have them reaching for a scale and trying to measure and calculate stuff, they're going to get overwhelmed. And that's where a lot of people quit is, uh, like, trainers just don't understand that if they're new. Yeah, they burn out and it's stressful. Hell, I do it, but I don't like doing it. <laughs> you know, it takes me on, on Sunday prep. It takes me, uh, you know, quite a while to prep all my meals for the week. But uh, I do it because that's just where I'm at with my stuff. But um, it's not like I enjoy it, you know. So you got to think about general population. You're trying to basically fix a bad habit, right? So if you got someone who's, like, addicted to a drug or something, it's kind of like that. You're trying to get them into a new lifestyle that they're not even close to used to, right? They, they're always going to want to go back to the comfort zone, which is the couch, right? So you got to think about, all right, and how am I going to actually sustain this, you know? So how do we get them to a better position uh, that's going to be actually something that's going to they're going to maintain, right? So we're trying to make this lifestyle change, and if you throw so much at them so quick, 
it's going to be too much. So best point of attack, start simple, maybe figure out what's their biggest problem. Okay. So maybe it's soda intake. Maybe they're, they're, you know, they got like five cans a day or something, something crazy, right? Cause that's what they do at work. Well, start yeah. lowering that. And then you have a better standpoint. Now you're getting rid of calories that they don't really need, you know, and that's simple for them to track. They can track how many cans they have in a day, you know, so keep it simple. Don't dive in the macros and stuff. You're going to overwhelm them. I mean, hell, I got uh, clients that are really advanced that are like uh, educated too. And uh, so they know what they're doing. And even at times, uh, macro tracking is not good for them because they got like four kids or whatever, right? So they need something yeah. simple. So with them, we'll probably aim for minimum protein intake because that's important. And then the rest goes to calories, which comes from your carbs and fats remaining after the protein. So that's another easy way of doing it where you're not tracking every single macro, but that's, that's as you start coming along and get past the basics, you know? So start simple, work on the big things first, what's their biggest problem, and then you can get more advanced as you go. So that would probably be best practice with nutrition to learn, you know, what's causing them to consume too many calories. And then what you want to do is when you figure that stuff out, start seeing where their body changes as you go. Primary source of expenditure should come from exercise along with nutrition combined is going to be your best thing to do. And like uh, Des said, you don't want to go like super low either, right? Like one of the biggest mistakes people make is when they have this plan, they basically start starving themselves, right? And you don't want to do that. So, cause that just totally changes where your it's called your metabolic set point. So basically it just changes where that is. And what that means is that you're going to eventually have to consume lower and lower calories to even see a loss. So you don't want to do that. So what we want to do is just make sure you start simple, work on the big things. Then you can get more detailed as you guys go into it and get more advanced and more committed. So if you can stick to it for about five to six months of doing the simple stuff and focusing on portion control, learning what uh, the macros are like protein sets and carbs and thinking simply, how do you portion control? Then maybe down the road, you can consider doing something more advanced, like putting in macros and things like that. So. All right. Very cool. KP, anything to add? Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I love it. Then. <laughs> okay. All right. We've got a couple of listener questions. We want to start rolling out here. Um, this one is from Deborah, and she's asking, how realistic is it to have a beach body by summer? So we're in mid-January already, <laughs> if you guys can believe it. She's like, not a competition body, but just a summer body to be proud of. How realistic is it to have that, let's say, by July? Sure. And uh, so that's going to depend on the person, right? So um, what you would do is, like, let's say you were to work with a professional or something, uh, what you do is get a baseline. You got to figure out where you're currently at and where you got to go. Uh, so you got to get your start point and your finish point. And then once you know where you got to go, let's say body fat percent, like the the loss. Well, if you got to lose, you know, 23% body fat to get there, what's your start date? What's your end date? How much do you have to lose per week? And then once you, once you look at that, is it healthy, right? Is it realistic? Um, those are things there you, you look at because sometimes – yeah, some people want the beach body within six months, and guess what? It's yep. going to be two years, you know? So um, realistically, to keep it off and do it correctly. So that's the things that they got to look at, too, um, when it comes to finding that. So, uh, Deb, what I recommend is look at where you're currently at, find out your starting point, where do you want to end up, 
and then we got to uh, kind of calculate from there because uh, it's really individual based with that question to get to that end point. But it does bring up a good point about being realistic with your goals and expectations. Uh, if you're coming yeah. in to this goal of beach body by summer and you're way off from that, uh, you're going to get frustrated, disappointed when you don't get there and then probably quit and never start again for another year or two. So um, make sure you have realistic expectations of yourself before you start. And that, I mean, that's the truth. And I mean, I've gotten these requests that I know Kaylin has gotten them too, but I mean, you know, I'll have someone message me, you know, how do I lose 10 pounds in a week? And my first response to them is you don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be. And then they're upset. Well, maybe I'll just eat all apples. I'm like, you know what, what you're looking for I can't help you with. <laughs> but I, I mean, back me up. I know you've gotten requests where people just like, you know, ten pounds in a week. No, unless you know you've really been oh, training no. and your peak so is on par. It's not. It's not happening. Yeah. Well, you're unless you have a major detox. You, yeah. You're speaking against things that, that that come out of nowhere, and you know, when my friend did this. And I'm saying, well, you know, it, this is something we've talked about before, and I know Chad and I touched on it when we had a one-on-one when we were at a show, and that's because, you know, when we have to remember the illegal substances that people are willing to take to get an appearance of health, but their bodies are the furthest thing from it. And uh, a lot of these illegal substances are taxing the body beyond what anybody truly understands other than doctors and nurses. So, you know, if they're willing to take those extremes, then, yeah, they will get those dramatic weight losses, and they will put their health at risk, and they'll tell you some lie or or fabrication to, you know, exempt them from actual the skipping of what they should have done properly. But at the end of the day, you know, their health suffers. And and, and people, I mean, like like Chad said, some people are willing to do it. And let's let's not kid ourselves. They they're happy to do it, and and they they'll do it again next year. And I've seen people fall, you know, flat on their faces, having heart attacks or strokes, putting their bodies to extremes. And not with illegal substances, just by the damage they're doing by these extreme uh, gimmicks and health diets or fads, whatever you want to call it. And it's just it's frightening when they get that focus, and you think, well, why was that when you were building it up? Because I was just talking to a lady that's a chiropractor and a chiropractic assistant, and she sees the, the the extremes for people who are obese all the time. And she could not believe that she was one of those people that fell into that habit of bad diet, poor health choices, poor food choices and food options, and before she knew it, she was 40, 50 pounds overweight. And she got very depressed because she knew the outcome of where she had gone, but she still fell into that rut. And it, it's just surprising how, you know, modern society can be so unmodern when it comes to taking care of our own bodies. Uh, Chad, you got anything on that? No, I mean, that's well put for sure. I mean, um, if you guys are seeking a coach and the first thing they talk to you about is uh, taking pills and wearing a stupid waist trainer, I would run. (laughs) You're not getting, you're not getting set up for success. So sorry if I hurt Uh, some feelings there, but that's true. (laughs) It had to be said. It had to be said. This next question is uh, It's going to take us back to our exercise discussion This one is from Bob He's asking What do you guys mean by proper form I've seen hundreds of YouTube videos And everyone 
form seems widely different. Hashtag gains and confused. <laughs> well, that's uh, one problem is, once again, social media, uh, you're going to get everyone and everyone on those things. So when you're using YouTube, um, you're going to want to get good sources. And good sources are hard to find because the funny thing is, is the popular videos, most of the time than not, are not the educated ones. So if you were to actually go find like really educated um, and with their practices and everything, um, they got some decent views, but it's nothing like a lot of the, the popular people out there that are pushing X, Y, Z, right? Uh, because guess what? They're not giving those empty promises and that extra hope that they're hoping for in an easy way. They're giving it yeah. to your real. And uh, they're not, that's not popular to people because that's not what they want to hear. You know, what people want to hear is the easy way and that's what they're going to go to. So that's why you do see people in the industry being successful for a short period of time. If they are providing, uh, you know, poor advice and things like that is because people like hearing that like, Oh, that sounds easy and achievable. I'm going to follow that person. But in reality, it's not how it's going to work. And they always end up, those people always go out of business within a year or two because, you know, the turnover happens where people are like, oh, yeah, this isn't working, and it goes from there. So usually you got to look for educational sources uh, when you guys are looking stuff up, when you're doing, uh, you're, you're searching for things. And unfortunately, when people search for things and they hashtag fitness or things like that in Instagram, you're going to get the, the dumb stuff first probably because it's going to be the most popular. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you got to be careful with what you're looking at for sure. Yeah, so the, to like answer to... the question is I would say is let's seek out, you would have to seek out professionals. So maybe um, they usually put their credentials on there at somewhere. Uh, so maybe yeah. look for someone that has their CSCS, uh, if they're a physical therapist and practice, you know, things like that, odds are you're going to get a better idea of what it should look like compared to the guy that is super jacked and his school was just lifting weights, you know. So that's where it comes between the two. Just because you do something a lot doesn't mean you're doing it right, you know what I mean? So um, I gave an analogy a, a while ago on social media where I talked about, you know, just because you brush your teeth and they're really clean, that does not make you a dentist. You know, you got to really know what you're talking about when it comes to this stuff because it's it's your body, and if you don't do it right, you're going to get injured and or worse, you know, so. Yes. There, there, there's a lot of health concerns with that, but one thing I'd like to add, and, and when you're talking about form, is, you know, there's a lot of snake oil salesmen mm. out there, and they, they do – a great job of of selling, but usually the people that speak the truth aren't good salesmen because they're speaking the truth. <laughs> That's very and true. It's really, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's hard to really crap up the truth, but it takes a, it takes some time to explain it correctly and efficiently, so you get the gist of it. Because if you leave anything out of the truth, then you're not speaking the truth. You're speaking truthiness. So it sounds like yep. it makes sense, but not in reality. So, you know, it does sure. take time, and usually when we think of America speaking in sound bites, actually going to take longer than that sound bite to get your point across. So, you know, Chad, how do you go against that and, and still get your point across to where, we, you know, we can reach the masses, I guess, the best way to say it? Well, that's the battle we're fighting every day. You know, us that are, like, educated and trying to get the correct uh, verbiage out there and the correct answers, you know, we're always going to be outnumbered because there's always going to be far more, you know, has, you know, like the bro quote compared to the educated. We're always going to be outnumbered. And uh, there's uh, some of the best experts in the field um, don't look super jacked, you know, like, like so, like the yeah. people – 
people think about when it comes to fitness is they, they look at the body image. And if they're using their, that as their source of reference of education, they're going to be mistaken a lot. You know, like um, no offense to IFBB pros out there, but some of the dumbest things I've heard came out of the mouths of people like that, you know, like, you know, like yeah. how fish magically thins the skin somehow, you know, like crazy stuff like oh. that. So, and people listen to it because they're like, oh, this guy's huge. He's jacked. Uh, but they, they forget about uh, all the drugs they take and they actually have, you know, other scientists working behind the scenes telling them, you know, how to work out and uh, what to take and things like that to get to that point. You know, they just see the image and that, that's what they want. So if they see somebody who looks good, they're like, oh, they must know what they're talking about. But it's definitely not the case. You know, it doesn't work that way. Uh, one of the things we say is the size of their bicep is not a direct correlation uh, to the size of their education. So <laughs> can try to yeah. keep that in mind when you're watching. So, And I'm not even offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> Except in your case, Kaylin, it, it's true. There's a correlation there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot. So funny. Well, good, 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 good. This is all good stuff. And our listeners are definitely – you know, feeling the good stuff vibe. This comment is from Bill. He said, I love when you guys do show like shows like this with guys like Chad. You know what? We love oh, when awesome. we're able to do shows like this with guys like Chad, too. We would do more shows with Chad if we could, but he doesn't come play with us as often as we I'll try to do better with that. My schedule does get crazy, but I will try to get on more often for you guys. It does get crazy, Aww. so we really appreciate you taking the time to be with us here tonight. And really, we've, we've only got a couple of minutes left, but let's – let's. so Aww. we've talked about finding the right coach. We've talked about exercise versus nutrition, which is really not one over the other, but if you had to pick one just to get started, to start with exercise, we've talked about – but you need both of them together. We've talked about developing a caloric deficit. Um what we really haven't talked about, though, is setting goals, because I think that's a big part for Gen Pop. And in, in, in the thing that I really want to stress again, and Chad has set, has shut the stage for it, but setting realistic goals, because so many times when I owned a gym, I would have, and mostly women, but some men too. And they just wanted to come in, and they, and they come in with this magic weight that they want to be. And the first question I would always ask them is, well, why do you want to be that weight? And a lot of times they would come back with, well, that's the weight I was when I felt the best. That's the weight I was when I was a senior in high school. That's the weight I was, I was, I was, it, with no real mm -hmm. idea of, well, what's a healthy weight for you now? So kind right. of talk to us about establishing realistic goals to work towards and and what is a realistic goal i mean you know long term short term kind of sure lay it out sure. for us sure yeah um that's another uh very solid point because obviously the goals are going to drive the machine right so if we don't have goals yeah. set you're just kind of doing random stuff right so um and you have no idea if it's working or not so to have those goals set is key and um to do it correctly, you're going to want to, you know, obviously get a foundation and talk to someone that, you know, understands what's going on with the body and what's realistic. And you're definitely going to want to set long-term goals and short-term goals because um, sometimes long-term goals turn into the 24 months. You know, it's going to be X time to hit that long-term goal. 
and you're going to need those short-term goals to keep you moving in the right direction and feel some success somewhere. You know, you, you need success. We're human. Uh, we just can't drive the machine with no feeling of where I'm going, right? So uh, you got to get those short points put in, too, to make sure you're, you're on track as well um, and keeping going in the right direction so you do hit that end goal in the correct time. And when you set long-term goals, you're going to want to consider your ups and downs. Things are going to happen. Uh, you're going to get sick. You know, you might have a, a bad week where you just kind of fell off the horse. You know, once again, we're human. We're going to screw up, right? So um, even like people that do it at an extreme level, like, you know, Des, Kalen, things like that, um, getting ready for stage, there's hiccups during the week sometimes. And there's things you can't control yeah. that you're going to have to consider. Like, you know, maybe death in the family or, you know, maybe work travel gets crazy and things get thrown off. Like, Doubling going to happen. So, yeah. <laughs> so you're going to want to make sure you set the goal realistically. So um, whatever that goal is, you got to make sure you, you give yourself credit uh, when, when life happens, right? So, and when life happens, don't quit. Just get back on the damn horse, you know, is what you want to do. Yes. So, because the, the, yeah, the worst thing you could do is just give up because of one week, right? So get over it, move on, let's go, let's get back on, and keep moving towards that end goal because you'll get there in due time as long as you continue to work hard, do the right things, and remember that things are going to happen and you're not going to be perfect. So um, set those with realistic expectations, whether it's body fat, lean mass gains. You're going to want to make sure you're, you're getting the correct stuff because if you think you're going to add 10 pounds of lean mass in a month um, and you're trying to do this naturally, you know, like that's uh, not really going to happen, you know. So you got to be real with your goals too, whether it's nutritional, uh, lean mass, fat mass, whatever it is. got to be real. So. There you go. And uh, one one thing that I'd like to bring in is uh, when we're talking about, you know, taking care of your body, I, I've, I've been seeing a lot on social media that's just frightening. I, I, this trainer, and I'll put that in quotes because he's really become suspect, is he did a 24-hour fast, and then he turned around and did a 36-hour fast because he's trying to lose the weight he lost over the, I mean, he gained over the holidays. And I just, it, it was frightening to hear that he's pulling 10 and 12-hour workdays, which shows that, you know, he's got, when they, when people talk about genetics, I say, well, this is a good example of great genetics where you can beat the hell out of your body and it still responds normally. I said, that that's impressive to me when, when, when I think about people having great genetics where, you know, somebody can abuse drugs and still function normally. That, that's great genetics. Um by any means of the necessary. But it, when you talk about that and you have where they're doing these kinds of extremes, so they get the weight loss, you know, they can brag about it, 10 pounds, uh, you know, 15 uh, pounds sometimes. And, and uh, then you talk about where they're going keto and starving their body of carbs, and then when they get the carbs reintroduced, they get the weight gain back. So, you know, when when you're trying to speak against that, there's there's ways to do it. I know there's ways to do it, and there's, there's successful ways to do it. But how do you get Gen Pop to where they're not damaging their bodies even more than what they've done with poor dieting, whereas to extreme dieting to sure. their as well? Yeah, um, we could definitely have a whole episode on that alone. But the thing they're going to want to think about is, once again, what what's realistic and what can you consistently do in a healthy way? So there's there's uh, different diets out there. And, you know, different diets are, you know, really popular this time of year. 
uh, because they think, oh, that's the answer for me. That's what I'm going to do. But in reality, you just need that caloric deficit in some way. But you got to do it in something that's going to keep you doing it. Like, for example, keto is a way of creating a caloric deficit, but that's a lifestyle you have to commit to long term. Mm-hmm. And if you want to add carbs back in, you're going to have to do it slowly because you've adapted your body if you did it correctly. The thing with keto, the hard part with general population is they're, they're trying to do something so extreme. Now, I'm not saying you can't do keto, but I'm saying for most of the people out there that are looking for the answer, uh, keto is a special thing where it's a lifestyle change, okay? Um, and it, you can't steer away from that. Like, you're, you can't screw up. If you screw up with keto, you're going to screw up a lot of stuff. So think about, like, if you want to have cake, well, maybe keto is not going to be your plan because with keto, you're not going to be able to have your normal ice cream and cake like you do on birthdays. You know, it's just not going to work that way because now you're messing with the physiology of the diet. So really got to pick out something that's what's going to be real, okay? So there's a lot of different options out there. There's flexible dieting. There's a lot of stuff out there. But think what is real for you and what are you going to be able to maintain, not just for a month, but for years to come is what you should think about. The simple answer, we could go much more in depth, but that's probably the best I could do within a couple minutes left of the show. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. But I think, you, I think you hit it. I mean, and for our audience tonight, I mean, the, the main point, if I were going to take anything away from this, would be just consistency and lifestyle make it something that's manageable and, you know, commit to it over time. And, um, you know, simple, simple sometimes is, is the best route to go. So speaking of just a couple minutes left, last question of the night, this one is from Linda and she's asking, and this, this one actually is a little more technical, but what's the Linda, Linda, listen, amount? listen. That's what it makes you think of. Listen, Linda, <laughs> listen, Linda, Linda, listen. Linda, listen. cardio and weights you should do plus protein intake? I think so. What's the correct amount for cardio, protein intake, and weight loss from hard workouts and cardio combinations? I see. I think what they're asking is how much cardio should you do and how much protein do you need? Um, Yes. So that's a tough question because as you were kind of pointing at, Des, is that it's very individual basis. So your protein intake is going to be based on, you know, what is your goal? Is it fat loss? Is it muscle gain? And then what is your current composition? So your protein intake should be based off your lean mass value, which is your okay, muscle so Chad, okay, gonna, and other things. I'm going, to inter- I'm going to interject real quick because we've got a few more details. So Linda, what she's really wanting, she's wanting to gain muscle without losing too much weight because she's already pretty thin. 
Oh, okay. So she wants to maintain her um, muscle tissue while she's working out? Yes. In my first okay. thought, but I can't sure. answer it. Yep. Cut the cardio. Yeah, so you're going to want to make sure if you're not wanting to lose any weight, you need to find your caloric maintenance level, which basically means your composition does not change. um, Because if you're in a deficit, that means you're intaking less uh, fuel, which is food and uh, calories. Um, You're intaking less than um, what your body needs to maintain. So that means if you're above your maintenance level, that's in order to add uh, mass, whether it's fat mass, lean mass, you're going to need to intake more uh, to sustain that new tissue you're trying to build or whatever it is. So if you just want to stay where you're at and you're happy with where you're at, find your maintenance level of calories and hit a protein minimum. Uh, your protein minimum needs to be based off a of lean mass value. So I can't really give you that answer over the phone, uh, but there's different things you're going to want to look at based on that. Like how much resistance training are you doing in combination of running, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of variables to some of those questions, but general speaking, that's probably the best I could do for you without diving in into too much specifics based on you. So hopefully that helped you. All right, awesome. So, Linda, hopefully that was helpful. Guys, we are at the end of the show. KP, last thoughts from you. My thought is if you want the protein increase, get the Snickerdoodle. (laughs) (laughs) Good plug, Kaylin. I appreciate that. All I can say to that is hashtag chocolate way for the win. You can't go wrong either way. think about the show coming uh, October 5th, 2019, Wisconsin Dells P4P undefeated too. I know our first show, um, we rocked the house and brought bodybuilding to a new level for natural competitors. So we're looking to do the same plus more with our next show coming up in uh, October here. So get ready for P4P undefeated too, because we're going to bring it again. So That's right. Where's it going to be, Kalen? <laughs> I don't know. Where is it going to be? Yeah, it's actually going to be in the Dells. It's not going to be at the yeah, same place, gonna... though. So oh, it's we'll not... release oh, we'll release that soon. Oh, <laughs> oh, Are you talking about the whole right, well, I, guess... oh, oh. I was I was I, I was waiting for the whole chunk, but it's not at the whole yeah. chunk. <laughs> We're not going to be there this year. We're moving it. So. Oh shoot! Well, I guess that one backfired, but it's all right. At least we know now. <laughs> a new and there you are. And there you have it. Okay, guys, so real quick before we sign off, Thursday's show, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's an hour earlier. If you tune in at 7, our normal time, you're going to hear the recorded audio. But you're not going to want to miss because Kaylin is doing the promo spot, Marvin Gaye. Heard it through the grapevine. It's going to be going down on Thursday. So, guys, mark your calendars. And get the time right because you're not going to want to miss it. And with that being said, on behalf of myself, Kaylin, Chad, and the other boys from P for P Muscle, 
Your body is a temple, so let's build it. With snickerdoodle. <laughs> With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.